how can I come here visiting and have a problem with you? Well, the problem is that you we're going to be speaking about sheep and a flock. And the flock is too scattered this morning. It's summer. Could you Could you squeeze in and come forward so that you look and feel like a flock? Could you do that? So that we can't have people standing way the, sitting way at the back and on the edges. So just, you, I know that you can mingle and move. And so, uh, so we want to be like sheep who are sitting close enough to each other so that we feel like a flock. We even look a little like a flock. I've had uh, connections with Forest View for a long time. In fact, even before the church started, I remember speaking to the mother church about what this church could become, or that it could even be a church. So I remember being a part of a, a discussion way back then, and nobody could possibly have imagined that you would have a building, that you, any of you people, none of your names hardly would be uh, known to them. And so here were a, peop- a group of people who were thinking ahead and considering the possibility of a new church and it didn't have a name, it didn't have a place, but there was an idea. And the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was moving them to consider the formation of a new church. And all these years later, here you are. And I've kind of been in and out of your lives or in and out of the lives of your leaders for years. And uh, Mike Stone, who used to be with you here, has become my boss. And so here I am, the founder of Vision Ministries Canada, and now I am uh, doing everything he says. <laughs> and, uh, but we are having a very good time together. Uh, my name is Gord, Gord Martin. And I was a pastor for many years in Waterloo of one church. In fact, I was with that church for 32 years. So that qualifies for a, kind of a prize for longevity and, uh, and have been involved with Vision Ministries Canada for a long time now as well. So if you add all of those numbers together, it, well, it turns out to be too many. Uh, so there's some overlapping in those years, but it's good to be with you here this morning. I would like for us to read together the 23rd Psalm in the card that you have. And so let's just find that card wherever it is, and let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, just a minute. We're not all reading here. Uh, We all are going to read this together, okay? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is surely uh, easily the best known of all the Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. 
But before we go there, I want to tell you a little short story. When I was a boy, I grew up on a farm. And it actually helps to understand this psalm if you grew up on a farm. But uh, when I was a boy, maybe four or five years old, I remember in the winter walking with my father from the house to the barn. And I remember having my hand in his hand. And we had a little ritual. I would say to him, I'm your boy. And he would shake my hand and say, great old fella, kind of a gruff way. And so here was this kind of little ritual that we had. I knew who I was in relationship to my dad. When you're four or five, that's all that really matters. Because he's there, and I'm here, and we're connected, that says everything. I realize now that I was privileged. Not everybody has that kind of memory of their dad. But when we think of the 23rd Psalm, it's very personal. The Lord is my shepherd. It gave me confidence as a little kid. My dad wasn't actually very tall, but he seemed quite big to me when I was a boy. And walking with him and having my hand in his was everything. Security, confidence, all of it was there. And this psalm reflects the confidence of knowing the shepherd. And I want you to notice that This is one confident sheep. And as I would like you to be thinking of yourselves, I know you don't really look like sheep, and I can't tell from looking at this as whether this is a man sheep or a woman sheep, but uh, I would like for you to look at that and say, a confident sheep. Am I confident with my shepherd? Because each one of you here, if you have a relationship with God, you are assured of this, that he is your shepherd. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is not saying he's forced to use shepherds or he's Canada's shepherd or he's the nation of Israel's shepherd. He's saying the Lord is my shepherd. It's very personal. It's very confident. And people have quoted this psalm over the years in all different circumstances. Just imagine all of the ways that you could say this psalm. You could declare it. I could have you stand and we could all shout it out. The Lord is my shepherd. We could do it like that. Or maybe somebody may be going through a tough time and you may be gritting your teeth and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. You could be saying it like that. You could be singing it to a whole variety of different tunes. You could do it without accompaniment, with accompaniment. If you've ever watched any 
Western movies, whenever there's a funeral in a Western movie, they're always, it's the 23rd Psalm. It's so well known to all of us. He says, it's not that I don't want. He says, actually, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's a sense of being very determined. You might say, well, it's totally true of me right now. But it also is a kind of a predictive statement that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, I will not want, I will not be in need because he is with me. It's a strong word. And I would love it if today, after the service today, you would be actually saying this to yourself for some reason that nobody else knows, just you. The Lord is my shepherd. And to say it with, you know, is there much difference between stubbornness and determination? What do you think? <laughs> to say it with determination or with stubbornness I'm holding on to this. The Lord, no matter what is going on, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In the New Testament, he's the good shepherd. And we're going to come back to that in a bit. But when we look at this, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I want you to notice that this is not just we're not just talking about the color green here. We're not just talking about grass. We're not actually sheep. The psalmist, David, is saying that he, in a way, feels like a sheep in relationship to God, his shepherd. I don't want you to get carried away with the imagery here that you are a sheep. You're not. But you he's picturing this flock and each one of the people in the flock having this relationship with the shepherd. When I was a boy, we had a creek that ran through our farm. And the grass around the creek was always green. And in fact, when I even today, when I want to relax, I still think about that creek running through the farm because I remember all of the little bends and exactly what each part of it looked like. There was a not very successful dam that my father built, and I remember that, and, and the wider parts and the narrower parts and where the horses used to stand. So I remember all of that. It's a memory of peacefulness. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters. That's what your shepherd has every intention of doing, is taking you to a place of peace and quietness and where it's lush. Not that you are needing lush grass particularly, but that the provision of God is lush for you. There are times when we feel like the provision of God may be, oh, not quite so plentiful. We're not feeling so full. But he says, this is what he does, regardless. And I want to say to you 
that people all around the world, people with little or nothing today, are quoting this psalm. They're saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There may be no green grass for miles around, and they're still quoting it. That he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters because they know that God is providing for them. That his wealth, his richness, his provisions are for them. They may not have what looks like plenty, but they're quoting the psalm with just as much vigor as any of us could possibly be doing here today. It's important that we don't focus only on the physical elements. It's not only that he's saying, when I have plenty, when I have the job that I wanted, when I have uh, income and my investments are working and everything. He's not saying all of those things. He's saying that I, in my relationship with him, he is my shepherd. I shall not want, I will be satisfied fully with what he provides. And I am seeing, whether you see wealth around me or not, I am seeing the riches of what God provides regularly. Green pastures and quiet waters. It's interesting to me that sheep don't like to drink from water that is running fast. They like to go to pools that are still and quiet. And actually all livestock is the same that way. They all like to drink from those quiet pools. And it's interesting that God provides for us in a way that is fitting for the, not only for the real sheep, but for the human sheep as well, that he provides for us in a way that is satisfying. He restores my soul. He's confident not because of himself. He does these things. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, paths that are straight and direct for his name's sake because he has a reputation at stake in how we walk with him, how we behave with him. You know, when you have flocks of sheep or cattle or anything, some of them are more, uh, more willing to walk with you than others. There's always some that are straying off to the edge. They want to sit by the back door there where they might want to just get out in case they need to. <laughs> and uh, so... So some of the sheep will walk closely together and as I've listened to shepherds, they say that some will have favorite sheep that are always right close to them. But others are always on the edge. They're kind of checking things out to see whether there's some other flock that might be more appealing to them. We're not sure what's going through their minds. But it says, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. He doesn't say that it's the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow isn't the same as the real thing. And so even though I walk through this valley, and I'm walking through it, I'm not parked there, I'm walking through it, through this valley of the shadow of death, there's a dark shadow looming over me. 
This is not a place that we enjoy being in the valley of the shadow of death. And yet many of us have read this. When we've lost somebody, yesterday I did a funeral, the valley of the shadow of death was real. While there were tears, there was joy, great joy. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because it's not there, but because the shepherd is there. And for us this morning, it's so important that we are preoccupied with the confidence that we have because of the shepherd. Not because I'm a confident kind of person, but because I am walking with a shepherd, I have my hand in his hand, and I'm saying, I'm your boy. (laughs) I'm your girl. You're my shepherd. That's why it's possible to have confidence. I will fear no evil, not because it's not there, but because you are with me. Your rod rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod is for protection. And from wild animals, that rod to um, beat them down or beat them away if necessary. And that staff is the shepherd's staff with the big hook on it that we uh, relate to so easily. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It lets me know that you are in charge. When I'm wandering off to one side, it's very easy for me to forget that God is in charge, that he is actually the shepherd. And the more I am worrying that he is not in charge, the more anxiety I have because For me to be in charge actually creates all kinds of problems. He says, your rod and your staff, your presence comforts me. And then there's the shift here. It's no longer about the shepherd. It's about a host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is a very gutsy kind of thing. Let's say... Well, you know, I need a little help. Could you just come up here? Yeah, I'm, yes. And um, just imagine. What's your name? Mike. Mike. Just imagine all the people on that side, they're your enemies. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) You prepare a table for me right in front of my enemies. Just come on right over here because we don't want them to miss out on this. That we're providing a banquet for you right in front of them. Isn't that good? It just gives you the feeling that God has your back. Thank you. Uh, About three years ago, our middle son died suddenly and very unexpectedly. Uh, He had struggles with uh, Crohn's disease and mental health and reckless with medications. He died very suddenly of an overdose of the medication from his psychiatrist. It was a huge shock to us. He never let go of his faith. It was a chaotic faith. 
filled with pain and struggle. At some point, he was left-handed. So on his left arm, he had in big letters, Psalms 23, tattooed on his arm. It was because of this phrase. You prepare a table before me. For him to believe that God had his back was very important. As I looked at it, I thought, this is really not what I would have done. <laughs> I, uh, but for him, it was of great significance to know that God had his back and he's preparing a table in front of his enemies. Understand that for you to believe that you have a shepherd and this shepherd knows you, knows your name and would spread a table in front of your enemies and saying, you're mine. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It is so personal. And it's important here. When I'm concerned about, you know, we're involved with about 200 churches across Canada. When I'm thinking of connecting with all of them and all, I'm not a capable shepherd of 200 churches all at once. It's too much. But for me to say, God, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to worry about everybody else. I have to remember who I am and who you are. And it says that you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And then he goes on to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall. You realize how stubborn and determined and confident he is all the way through? Isn't that a good thing? I would love it for us to have this psalm in our mind and in our heart. And even if you haven't thought about it for quite some time, that for whatever reason, you would be able to say to yourself this morning, the Lord is my shepherd. And it's not going to be his enemies pursuing him. It's goodness and mercy that are following him. Isn't that good? It's not his enemies that are chasing him down. It's goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I've jotted down a few more things here that I want to touch with you. Uh, are you a confident sheep? Are you confident because of your relationship with the shepherd? How can I be confident when? I have no direction for my future. I don't know where I'm going. That could be true of some of us. There's chaos or unknowns that surround me or you. Or I'm experiencing ruin of some kind. I'm sick or in pain. I've been betrayed or ignored in some way. My children seem to be lost. This psalm comforts, comforts people in every language and in every nation all around the world. I could be preaching this sermon in Asia or Africa or South America or anywhere else and I would be saying exactly the same things. The environments would be different but the relationship is exactly the same. It calms people. 
without paying for anything. Could be a great thing for you to see a counselor. But before you see the counselor, read the psalm. Put yourself into the psalm and say, am I that confident sheep? Am I the one who knows the shepherd? It chases away dark and alarming thoughts. Eases the anxieties of the rich and the poor alike. It sings courage to the disappointed. And it comforts captives, tired, widows, orphans, sick, dying, lonely, disappointed, and more and more. You didn't just come to Forest View this morning because you normally do. You're here as one of the sheep of the shepherd. And he wants you to hear his voice. I believe that he would love for you to be a confident sheep. When the, good, when the sheep knows and clings to the voice of the true and the good shepherd, there are times when we will cling to him in the darkness. There's times when we are completely alone that we know that nobody understands. But it's in those times when we are saying these words and we are speaking to him. It does not place competing, conflicting, or confusing voices at the same level as the voice of the shepherd. There are a lot of voices that are speaking to us all the time. Could be our children, our parents, our neighbors, other people in the church. There's no end of voices that are telling you what to do, giving you advice about all kinds of things. I want to say to you this morning that the voice of the shepherd matters. Don't put other people's voices at the same level as the voice of the shepherd. Because there is no voice like his. A contented sheep will never seek to leave his or her shepherd. And I wonder if we can say this morning, like I used to say to my dad, I'm your boy. I'm your girl. Can you say that? Amen. We're going to uh, remember the Good Shepherd, and I want to read to you from John chapter 10. And it goes like this. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. This is a really different picture than in Psalm 23. In Psalm 23, it's the Lord is my shepherd. But when God steps onto our planet, and when he came to visit here, he said this, I am the good shepherd. Isn't that something to think? That all through the Old Testament, all those Israelites they could have quoted those words, that psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd. And then Jesus steps onto the planet, comes here and says, I am the good shepherd. And he's right here. The good shepherd sacrifices his life 
for the sheep. Who could ever have imagined that from reading Psalm 23? That the good shepherd would come near and would lay down his life. And this morning, if you're a child of God, if you've come to Jesus as your Savior, you're able to say this. You're able to say, oh, I know that. But I want you to think this morning. Don't say, I know like that. Say, the good shepherd laid down his life for me. He doesn't only have my back. It's not only that goodness and mercy are following me. He came near and laid down his life for me and for you. And I would love for you to think, that's my shepherd. That's the one in whose hand I put my hand. And he's actually laid down his life for me. We're going to give thanks. And we're going to take the bread and the cups. And as we do, I'd like you to be repeating these words to yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for me. <clears throat> this bread and this wine <clears throat> are the symbols of his love for me today. Could we have the ushers come? We'll pray. Heavenly Father, would you stand please as we pray? Father, we're standing here in your presence, in the presence of the Good Shepherd. Oh Lord God, may it be that each of us have a strong sense, not just that we are loved, but that I am loved, that you laid down your life for me. And today, I take the bread and these cups and I'm remembering, and I'm glad. We do it with thanksgiving. And we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.